0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, welcome to What's the Hype podcast. This is your boy, Jay Wade. And I'm Jeff Pope, a.k.a. The Pod Disciple. And this is What's the Hype. What's the Hype? It's helping young people excel. And it's also cutting through all of the hype, the glitz, the glamour that surrounds the sports industry and give tangible insight from our experience and our guests to help you get a better understanding of the business and all that comes with the sports industry.
1: All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice. Got to roll the dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, uh, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price, want a slice.
0: Welcome to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast? I'm your host, Jeff Pope, aka The Pod Disciple. Man, I'm honored to have a special guest in the building today. Uh, great guy, great example of a professional. Um, one of the guys that I first just uh I mean, when I thought of this process and this concept, the first guy I thought of was this guy and being able to sit down and have a great conversation with him. Um, so with no further ado, we're going to welcome to the podcast, Andre Howe, Welcome to the podcast.
1: Oh, what's up, what's up, man?
0: Thanks for having me, bro. This, uh, this legit, man. I like stuff like this. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So again, the, the concept of this is more so, like I said, it's just about really uh, giving the information of uh, your experience, your journey for someone that may be from the same environment from you, which you're from that want to understand more of the dynamics of what it is that, that, that makes you successful. Mm-hmm. And some of the experiences along the way, the things that you thought getting into the, into this profession, what it was opposed to what it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, so with no further ado, let's just kind of start from the beginning. Let's just start um, from where you're from. Tell us a little bit about growing up in Port, yeah. Port Allen and a little bit about, you know, the environment and your family structure and stuff yeah, like
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Port Island, Louisiana, small town right outside Baton Rouge. Uh, you no, know, been grew up there all my life, pretty much. All my family there. Nobody leave Louisiana. I don't know what I don't know what it is, but people don't leave Louisiana. But uh, yeah, grew up. I got two sisters. Um, my dad wasn't around. My mom was pretty much single parent. though. You know how that go. Uh-huh. You know how it go. Black families, man. But uh-huh. that's a whole another conversation. But uh, yeah, but my mom was great, man. She uh, pretty much raised us on her own. Uh, worked her butt off. Uh, like I said, two sisters, um, one is a beautician, like my mom, one is, m- my sister she works in, um, at Progressive, uh, for, uh, insurance. uh uh-huh. So, yeah, no I'm, I'm the youngest. I'm the, I'm the baby of the family, but at the same time, I grew up with two sisters, though. Right. So, growing up with two sisters, <laughs> it was a lot. Uh-huh. They taught me so much, just, and they talk so much. You know, women, they talk, <laughs> they talk a lot. So, I was the one that got kind of just pushed back to the side, like, you should be quiet. Uh-huh. And, but then, they came to me for, like, for guidance. It was crazy. Like I'm the young, but y'all come asking me for guidance. But that's how it is when you just be able to sit down and just watch stuff. Right. Cause I was always in the back, like just sitting there watching. Like I seen both of y'all sides, so I can tell y'all both of y'all kinda wrong right now. So <laughs> but that's how that's how my life that's how I kinda grew up. And that's why I realized it it made me who I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm the kind of guy that sit back and watch. Uh-huh. I don't like being in front of the camera. I don't like stand up and talking to everybody, but I can do it when I need to do it. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm able to do it because I I sat back and watched. I sat back and was quiet and listened. Mm-hmm. The only way you can learn is by listening. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't want to sit back and, and listen because everybody want to talk. Everybody want to be seen. Yes. I'm, I'm sitting in the back peeping everybody out. And I can tell y'all, okay, you did this, you did that, he did that. So I think that's kind of where I got my niche from I and mean, like why I just, how I am, how I am, man. It's like mm-hmm. just reading and just wanting to learn more
0: and more. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing because you're talking about uh, growing up in a household of women. yeah. Black women
1: Yeah That's a that's a
0: whole experience In itself And So What Let's talk about Your introduction to sports Kind of how did that happen you in the house full of women Yeah How did you Or why did you Kind of Get involved in sports
1: Yeah Well like I said my, my dad was still around You know he was still there They got divorced When I was 8 years old So he was still around And he lived 5 minutes away So uh We, we He got me Kind of into football And into sports Like that was his thing mm-hmm. that, well, that was our thing Like that's pretty much all we had Was like sports It's sad to say But that's how a Our relationship is With a lot of black men And their sons Like I play sports You come to my game You know we, we hang out And then I go home You go where you going Then that's how it is That's how it was Like It's sad to say But it just We had That's all our relationship Was with football man And, and it's tough Like damn Like why was it like that But then you gotta go back. You gotta go back way back in time. It's uh, uh-huh. conditioned for this man. Like he was conditioned like that. Right. So I'm not even mad at my pops. You know what I mean? Like that's how he was raised. That's how uh-huh. he was like bred. That's how he was. That's all he knew. Uh-huh. He knew no. He, knew, he didn't know better. Right. You know. You, you do better when you know better. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And he he didn't know better, so he couldn't do better.
0: So and, and a lot of times I think also with that is that um they wants their kids to live out a dream that they probably oh, yeah, wasn't able to yeah. achieve. And then that's the way that they can show love. Like it's so yeah. I mean it's so many layers to when you talk about stuff like this brokenness. Yeah. You know, people doing the best that they can with stuff that they've never been taught. So it's mm-hmm. it's so much, but I think as we learn, you know, our 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 job is to push that information forward to the mm-hmm. to those that are coming after us. So um so you, so when you, when you was football the first sport? Uh, actually, it was soccer. Soccer. Okay. Yeah, I got. To, I know crazy. Got into soccer,
1: first organized sport, and then uh, it took off from there, man. Got into soccer, then got into track, then got into basketball, then got into football. Then I was just an athlete, man. You know, you are a kid. You know, you just you just won't play. You just won't play ball, man. You just won't go out there and play because that's all we knew. That's yeah. all we knew, and that's all we knew how we gonna get out of here was playing sports or rapping or you know. Doing some of the other stuff because all my all my homeboys just you know wake up in the morning, go to school, come home, kick it, play the game all day. Yeah, but like it, 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 it sports kind of built that discipline in me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wish I wouldn't put so much emphasis on it. Right, because I lost out on other stuff, mm-hmm. like life stuff, like real life stuff. You know what I mean? But uh, it it it, it all worked out for the good, man.
0: So, so growing up you're saying you play all those sports so you're busy busy year round like it's from one sport to the next sport so let's talk about getting into high school and Mm -hmm. um, your high school was it a was it the high school to go to in your town (laughs) was it the the sports team was it a rich tradition you know Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about that
1: well uh, it's crazy because I went I was in Baton Rouge at first going to middle school in Baton Rouge and uh, playing sports in Baton Rouge it's different like because I'm, like, Port Island's across the river, so okay. it's a smaller city. Baton Rouge, like, pretty much the biggest city and, like, more competition, better competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told my mom, I said, no, I, I want to go back home and go to high school. She wanted me to go to U High, University High. That's LSU uh, High School. Okay. And I was like, no, I want to go there. I want to go somewhere where I can kind of help build the program back up. And, like, what, what what better place to go back to my city? Right. And go and go there and play for my city mm-hmm. with my homeboys that I grew up with, you know what I mean? Instead of going to Baton Rouge and play with people I don't know, you right. know? right. So yeah, I went back home. Went back to Port Island, Went to the Port Island High. Like I said, it's, it's not a big, it's not a big time school, man. It's like three, two A school, you know. It's just a school, you know. Uh-huh. Just, you just go there. You know, like the sports is cool. We was good in track. We was good in basketball, but we never like won state. You know, we had the talent to do it, but we just had the the mentality right. of the of the hood guy. Mm-hmm. Like we just want to go. We gonna hoop a little bit. Then we we ain't taking it serious because right. you know we ain't gonna make it. So it's like we just go out here and play. We ain't really take it serious. So we never really won.
0: So it's more of, you know, that, that off the, the talent, right? You really yeah. didn't put the preparation, the extra mm-hmm. stuff that, and I even look back on my career and stuff like that. Like it, I could have done so much more, yeah. you know, in terms of, you know, pr- you know, preparation in terms of really focusing in. It was, mm-hmm. you know, I, we got into sports for sometimes for the most part, like, you know, the attention, the girls, gonna, oh, yeah, gonna yeah. Come yeah. out. So. you want to, you know, so it's a lot of other factors opposed to necessarily just locking in on the game. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you go you, you you go back home and you play at your high school. Mm-hmm. Let's start to talk about when did you start to get the awareness? When did recruiting start to set yeah. in? And did you when when you realize that yeah. it's an opportunity to play at the next level?
1: Like we, we like, we had talent. Like my city guy had a lot of talent. Had one guy named uh Picho Williams, his real name, Brandon, called him Picho. He, uh, when I was getting recruited, I went to uh Alabama camp. I talked to Nick Saban. Nick Saban said, That guy from your high school, one of the best athletes you ever recruited. One of the best. Nick Saban, he Mm -hmm. 10,000, number one draft picks. you know what I mean? Like, he said he was one of the best. But he went there, that's when he was at LSU, went there and just kind of blew it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, just hood mentality, man. Like, oh, I'm good. I'm going to Mm the league. Like, I don't need the school stuff. And just Mm -hmm. wouldn't go into class and stuff like that. Wow. And, like, just kind of ruined opportunity. But, like I said, we had talent, but we just never had that that guy that really, well, we had one. His name was Tracy Porter. He went to my high school. Yeah, he was from Tracy, Louisiana. Yeah. yeah. And when I seen him do it, I said, okay, I can do it. Mm-hmm. All I need to see is one person That's do it. it. Yeah, and I did it.
0: Okay, so who was, all right, so as you, because you talk about the recruiting process and you talk mm-hmm. about uh, the um, education pros- um, perspective on it. Yeah. So being recruited, right, so now you have schools like the Vandy, stuff mm-hmm. like, so, so how did that? Recru- okay, so we'll talk about your recruiting process, yeah. some of the first teams to come in and talk to you, and then how did you end up making a decision to go where you decided to go? Okay, so first of all,
1: um, you know, sophomore year roll around, I'm pretty decent. I'm like, okay, I can probably do this because we, we had another guy named Damian Dixon. He was two years before me. He ended up going to Louisville, so they had they had schools come to see him, and they end up seeing me. Like, who's a young kid though they pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, they start coming in. Scoop start coming in, talking to me like I'm a sophomore. So uh, I was like, they, "Like you need to start going to camps." So I start going to camps. i up going to Tulane camp. It's right because it's the New Orleans, or whatever. Went down there. Uh, got my first offer. My sophomore summer got my first offer from Tulane. And then after that, it just start they start rolling in, and then um just kept on getting letters. Get kept on talking to people. You know, kept on playing well, and then uh took a visit to Vanderbilt. And my mom fell in love with it. Really, she loved she loved the education part of it. You know, mm-hmm. like okay, and and they sold it good. Like you going, you gonna you gonna be in the SEC, and you planning get and getting the best education at the same time. And we gonna make you we gonna make you like get this degree. Like we we don't care about the NFL. Like you'll get there, but you are gonna get your degree first. Right. And she loved that. I was like, man, whatever, man. I ain't going about that. I just <laughs> want to I just want to play ball. You know what I mean? But like, it was the best it was the best decision for me because going to Vanderbilt made me think. Right. It made me become a thinking man, mm-hmm. and not just a oh, just do this, just do that, just do this. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it made me actually like use my brain, right. use my mind, and that's what a lot of schools don't do for a lot of kids, Absolutely. and they really mess them up.
0: Absolutely, because you you know, a lot of schools um, put push guys to certain majors because yeah, yeah. they don't want it the to conflict end, to yeah. conflict yeah. with their you know. So it's you got guys getting degrees and stuff that they have yeah. no idea <laughs> they, they 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 they're not gonna use. No. So that, making that decision and understanding that aspect of it was yeah. a great benefit for you. So, obviously, mom played a huge part in yeah, deciding yeah, that. Yeah. She had the foresight to see that, you know, the value of the education. Oh, yeah. So, you decide to go to Louisville. I'm sorry. To Vandy. Vandy. Yeah. What was the biggest adjustment coming from <laughs> high school, walking on campus as a freshman at, at Vandy?
1: First of all, it was all white. mm And I wasn't used to that. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't understand me. I couldn't, like, my accent was too strong, and, like, I couldn't speak to them. Like, I, I was just too much slang in my vocabulary, you know. I, I just didn't know how to really speak. And uh, they didn't understand me. Mm-hmm. And it was so frustrating to go to class when nobody understands you, and you don't a black guy in the class. Mm-hmm. I wanted to stop. I wanted to go I wanted to go home. I'm so glad I didn't go home, but I wanted to— I, I was like, you know what, This. why am I doing this? Like, I just want to play ball. Like, why am I putting myself through all this— BS. That's what I thought back then. Mm-hmm. That was BS. I'm like, man, this is BS. Like, I just want to play ball. They got me out here talking to all these people, doing these project, doing these projects, writing these papers. Like, I just want to play football. Like, I, I'm trying to go to the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. but then, before, like I said, during the recruiting process, though, the head coach had came. Me and my mom said, "Us, they and say, you know what? The NFL stands for not for long. Correct. And that 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 stuck in my head since I since I first met him. Was like, NFL is not for long. You can't play this for more than six seven years. So like. What you gonna do after that? You got a whole life to live. Right, a whole life. Mm-hmm. Not, not you know, I'm 27 years old. I'm retired. Like I got a whole life to live, man. I can't just be like, oh yeah, I played football for this much time, and like now nah, I'm done. Like you die. That you really die. You die. Yeah. You really dead. You might as well just kill yourself mm-hmm. if you are gonna just stop trying to grow and develop. Mm-hmm. But that's what they teach a lot of guys that play football. Like so many guys that like. Like I said, I retired on my own, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a different kind of transition for me. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys get kind of pushed out. Pushed out, absolutely. And it's like, they really go in depression. Like, mm-hmm. I, guys really go in depression, and absolutely. it's sad that they thought that football was who they were. Mm-hmm. And it made you think that because you put so much time in it. Yep. Like, they, they don't, like, really
0: tell you who you really are. But it's because that's been preached to them for yeah. so long, right? This Definitely. is football, football, football first. They, they, yeah. they talk yeah. about books and all yeah. that stuff, but it's really football <laughs> first. Football become your identity. Yeah, they put all of their all of their their values yeah. in the football because you know, but, but but not understanding that football goes flat, right? So oh, yeah. one day that football gonna stop. Then what? Then it's like now they're just starting to try uh-huh. to figure out and put the pieces together. So and I and, and to commend you on. Stepping into that environment because here is another aspect of it. A lot of times we are the the most we've ever seen before. College was just our community. Oh, for sure. So when you step away and go somewhere else, you get to experience like there that the world is bigger than Mm -hmm. just your community. So the struggles that you're facing, not being understood and being a minority, right? You could have really folded and said, "You know what? I'll go back play at Tulane. I'll go back home where I'm comfortable." But Talk to the aspect of saying, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm stick this out," and then how did that start to translate on the field mm-hmm. and in terms of your success and building your career mm-hmm. there, at Vandy?
1: First of all, it built that that grit, mm-hmm. that fortitude in me, mm-hmm. that like that 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 never quit. You know what I mean? Like that, that just that mentality in me. Like, it gave me that mentality, like man, I can do what I want to do. No matter who you, no matter who you are, I don't care. Like you or the Vanderbilt, as you, I'm about to, I'm about to come in out here and get on your level. Like, cause I'm on your level. Like, don't I'm not just because I go to Vanderbilt. Don't mean I'm a good, not a good football player. I'm a smart and I'm a good football player. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I know stuff and I can go on the field and ball out. Right. You know what I mean? But people, that's one thing people don't really like. They not they don't want to see both of them. Mm-hmm. Like they do not see you have both of them. So they, they, they oh I, I got downplayed a lot in the other college. oh, you want the Vanderbilt? Even when I got to the league, oh you want the Vanderbilt? That ain't all that. Mm-hmm. But i going to I go in the NFL field and lead y'all an interception. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, it's just it's it's a it's a thing that people really don't want to see. Like right. they don't want they don't want they won't see the LSU guys and the Bama guys and them like kind of succeed. But you, when you got both the best of both worlds and you succeeding, it's like, wow, how you how you doing that?
0: Sitting in draft meetings, right? I just yeah. you know, it, and it's crazy because the evaluation of it, they'll say, um, a guy that's edu- that, that takes uh takes importance on his education, they will say stuff like, We don't know how much mm-hmm. he'll be dedicated mm-hmm. to football. Yes, but, sir. but why does it have to be a negative knock yeah. for a guy to <laughs> value his education at the same time as, you know, excel on the field. So yeah. so like that that is a real thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But but then they still would knock guys that got all the talent, but he don't really value education, so it's like a lose lose situation. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it comes down to making the best decision for you. So uh, when when you when you get to Vandy, I, I, help us understand. So mm-hmm. was Vandy uh, was the was it a winning program at the mm-hmm. time when you got mm-hmm. there? Uh, uh, versus you know talking about yeah. where you was at you know during the last years of yeah. your career there.
1: Oh no, it was, they was two and ten when I got there, and it was two and ten my freshman year, and then when they filed out all the coach, they got new coaches, and but my recruiting class with some dogs.
0: Let's talk about some of those guys in
1: yeah, there. Yeah, there were some dogs. Uh, those dudes, like they still, like my best friend to the day, like mm-hmm. they they my dogs, like we, we ride together. But going through that Vanderbilt process made us even better on the field because it just made you say, man, I'm, I'm in a class with these people that's made 36 on H T T D these smart geniuses. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the field playing against these other guys that's all they do is play football all day. They are they are they are the professionals. Mm-hmm. We, we we actually student athletes. They are the professional athletes, and we still going against them and beating them. Yeah. And that just made us like, oh, hold on, we we legit. Like we are like some of the top players in, in this SEC. Mm-hmm. But even though they don't got they, don't, they ain't, we ain't care if they us on the magazines. We we showed on the field. Right. Jordan Matthews, one of the best receivers, uh-huh. one of the best in the SEC. Like he got all the records. You records. know what I mean? Yeah. Got got records uh-huh. in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Cross. We got Jordan Rogers the little brother. Mm-hmm. I mean Aaron Rodgers the little brother. Jordan Rogers. Like we ha- we had guys that was capable of like playing on the next level. We just didn't care who got the got the attention because we knew we was all grinding.
0: And I think that that also lends to chemistry, right? Cause you have guys like you have teams that have all the talent and mm-hmm. you know, they can get to a certain level. But I think when it comes to chemistry, knowing each other yeah. and having that chip on your shoulder yeah. and growing together, like that leads to a whole nother change. Oh definitely. So you 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 plan with some of these guys, and you guys again, you guys are playing through. So, was your plan? or y'all playing? Any? Was it always a four year plan? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we said when we came in, like, bro, you can't go to Vanderbilt and then not
1: get your degree. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a waste of your time because that's a lot of time right. and a lot of effort you put into this degree. You know what I mean? Like, why why not just play another year and then go to the league? Then like, okay, I'm gonna leave my third year. Like, really? And that's what some guys Were thinking about. Like, no, no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna graduate, man. Let's graduate. And I actually did it. I actually did a three and a half years so I can go train for the draft. Mm, so I took smart. I took a whole fifteen hours in the summer. I didn't go home the whole summer just so I can graduate after the fall, so I can go, you know, get ready for the draft and stuff. But okay. I did I know I know myself. I know I ain't want to go back after playing in the league for a year and mm-hmm. go back and get my degree. Yeah. You know, what I said, let me go knock it out right now.
0: Well that, that was definitely a good decision. Yeah. So you talked about doing it in three and a half years. Yeah. So when did all right, when did you know that you had a real shot at the NFL?
1: Yeah. Uh, after my junior year, uh, you know, scouts start coming in, agents start hitting me up. Um, you know, you see your name in like uh draft boards and mm-hmm. like you see you jumped up on uh like um what they call it, the preseason jump Thorpe Award list the watch list yeah huh? the watch list. So I, I start you know start seeing that I start you know kind of like oh okay I, I got a chance to go to the league man like I had I had made all, all SEC see that that year uh led the SEC in uh pad deflections with 18. Had, like, four picks. Uh, had a couple tackles. Like, uh, I was playing really well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I was like, you know what? I got a chance. You know, I got a, I got a legit chance to go play in the league. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, you know what? But I got to get this degree, though. Because I, I I knew that I, got, I wasn't going to come back. If I, if I did come back, I wouldn't, I'm wouldn't. i like, man, I'm, I'm not going back to school. Because I just knew that playing in the NFL, you, like, it's a lot. Like, my offseason off is your time for you to kind of really relax. Because mm-hmm. the whole season, you going, like, you, you know what I mean? You going 10 the whole season, so. Yeah. You need that offseason to kind of get for you. I'm like, man, I don't want to go to school during my off time because, like, I'm not going to have no off time.
0: So did you have somebody to kind of give you this insight um, in terms of, like, just knowing that, hey, once I am done here, I want to be able to focus all of my attention to NFL? Or was it just, I mean, how did you kind of come up with this um, this insight?
1: Just be able to think, man. Yeah. Just be able to think. Mm-hmm. Just be able to Just say, sit down and just, like, sit down with my, with my thoughts. Say, Dre, okay. Do you want to go to the league? And then play for a couple years and then what? You waste you waste your time at Vanderbilt? Or do you wanna finish your degree, go to the league? And then when you when you when you done, what's what's crazy, bro? That you you say stuff that you don't remember. One of my old uh teammates, he was a young guy. He was a he was a, a freshman I came in my senior year. Mm-hmm. He said, Dre, like what you know what you gonna do after, you know, why you after when you, after you graduate? I said, I'm gonna play for, I'm gonna play in the league for a couple years, and I'm gonna retire. I told him that. Said that and man. when I retired, he comes. and said, Hey Dre, you remember you told me that? I'm like, damn, I did tell you that. Wow. Like, I already had a plan in my head what I was going to do, but I just forgot what I, I told it to him. Yeah. It's crazy how that stuff works, but uh, back to the other thing. Like I, said, I just I just was able to think, man. I was able to say, oh, you know what, Dre? like, you need this. Like, like they already planned you. They already say you're not that good. So, like, what what if you don't make it to the league? You know, you, I know you're going to make it. Like, I know myself. Like, right. I don't care what y'all say. I'm going to go on this field and ball out.
0: That's that confidence. Man, yeah, that just you know, just believing in yourself. What What did you study? What was your What was your? Uh, sociology. Sociology.
1: Yeah. So, um, uh, and that's one of my professors. She me still cool. Uh, she's my advisor, and uh, she's my sociology professor. She was my first one. And I don't know why she took a liking to me, mm-hmm. and she just kind of like, "Hey, come on, I, I, let me let me help, let me guide you." I guess she she re- realized I needed the help, yeah. and she guided me, man. Like she guided me. I went there for homecoming. She let me talk to her class about my experience, and she said some of the people in her class said that was the most like inspirational thing they heard all year. Wow. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's because it's a it's a it's a story. It's a heck yeah. of a journey, and you know I'm just excited to be able to present it on on this platform. So. You decide to, you know, obviously you you graduate and then now you getting ready to take on this experience to NFL. Let's talk about your pre-draft yeah. experience. Uh, you know, <laughs> did, were you invited to the combine? Yeah. Did you play in any of the uh, mm-hmm. All-Star games? Um, c- kind of tell me a little bit about your pre-draft experience.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I got invited to the East West Ryan Game. Uh, played in that game. Played really well. That's when my first met Rick Smith. Okay. That was my that was my only meeting the Texans. Only meeting. I, all the old teams That That was my only meeting with Rick Smith. And uh, we talked back and forth We uh, got to know each other A little bit And then um, I got invited to the combine Went to the combine uh, Did that I had pretty good Decent combine And then uh, After the East West game, I got invited to the uh, Senior Bowl But okay. they inviting me Because other guys Had backed out Right mm-hmm. And just knowing me I was like You know what Nah I'm not going mm-hmm. I probably should have went I probably should have went by. You know what? Forget that. Like, no, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not some second class person. Like, don't don't second class me mm-hmm. and think I'm just jump on a jump on the bandwagon because y'all these other guys backed out because they trying to not not get hurt. They mm-hmm. trying to build. They draft up. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not. I already played in the game. Y'all seen me play? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not about to go ahead in front of y'all again. Wow. And uh, I think that, that probably like kind of hurt me in a, in a draft process and, and teams. They they knew I I, I backed out of. It. They knew that. Like, but still like that's. That's who I am. Like I'm not, I'm not a second class person. Like, don't don't second class me. But mm-hmm. that's the fast. So after that, um I gradu- I graduated the day before the draft. And the first day, the you know, first round is the first day. So I ain't go to the seventh round. So I'm sitting there watching and watching all these guys
0: go in front of me. And I'm looking like, what the hell? Like I was pissed off. Was it was it a certain team? Okay, let's just talk about because you you said you met Rick Smith, obviously, yeah. but was, did you do any draft visits? And if so, or, or if not, but was there any team that you felt like really showed interest in you in terms of that's where you can possibly land? Were yeah. they telling you, hey, fifth rounds, whatever yeah, it was, yeah, were they yeah. telling you any of that type of stuff?
1: Well, you know, my agent telling me, you know, third round, second round. I'm like, oh, okay, really? Because my stats was, I had great stats, you know, mm-hmm. coming out of uh, a SEC school, I had great stats. Something I'm thinking, like, you know what? And I, I'm comparing stats to other, other, these other guys that's like, you know- First round picks, top rated guys. Like I'm, I'm just probably my stats are probably pretty much better than their stats, really. But um, like I say, just going through that process, uh, the Browns was hitting me up. The Browns was calling me. Who else was calling me? A couple teams just calling, me, but like, it wasn't like a a frenzy. It wasn't like a bunch of teams like just hitting me up. So I'm like, okay, that must be normal. Like I guess it's just how it is. Like mm-hmm. they they gonna they gonna pick me when they when they pick me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think i was going to seventh round though. I thought I was mm-hmm. at least go fifth round. You know, what I mean, just for my stat, just for my production on the field. Right. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like you say, like I guess, like the education part. I don't know. I guess like me going to Vanderbilt, or I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I went late. Like I dropped down to the seventh round. So what?
0: So what was it like to get the phone to finally get the phone call? Yeah, and to and to know that you're going to Houston. How, what, what was that like?
1: Oh, it, it was great. I had to get out of my feelings, because I was kind of angry still, you know, going seven round. but I had to get out my feelings, like, man, I got drafted. Like, a lot of guys still waiting on that call. Yep. You know what I mean? A lot of guys ain't going to ever get that call. So I'm like, you know what? Let me let me be grateful for this opportunity, and now let me go showing them why I should be in the NFL.
0: Right. Yeah. So you came in with a chip on your shoulder. Um, What was it like to walk in the NFL locker room for the first time, and mm-hmm. let's talk about the di- the differences in it from a college locker room yeah. to what an NFL locker room was like.
1: You know man it's 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 totally different cuz all these other guys they got families now. Mm-hmm. You know these guys got, got families like they ain't trying to be kicking with you all day <laughs> like you ain't like in a dorm room <laughs> chilling playing a game like you know you still got that aspect of it. but like you said these guys got lives, you know what I mean? Like it's it's your your job now, you know what I mean? It's not it's not something you just you just do like you just going you know going to class, going to play football now. It's this, this is like your life. And when it becomes your life like people like take it Really serious. Mm-hmm. And like it's a business. You realize the business real early. Cause you start seeing people get in up in there and get up out of there Quickly. real quick. Yeah.
0: And I like to say that, you know, for me, I think the NFL is actually more I, I, my, my ratio is 90% business and really 10% talent and skill. Because mm. you got some guys that may not be you got yeah. guys that's talented that don't last because they don't understand the business and yep. don't understand how to navigate it. Yep. And you have guys that are less talented but mm-hmm. understand, like, man, I if I can Figure the system out. I can yep. carve out a career for myself. Yes, so sir. that's what I like to say a lot of times. So you walk in your first year, your rookie year. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like in terms of uh, uh, the su- success? Did you play early? Mm-hmm. What What was that like?
1: Yeah, I came in like on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, that preseason, I had a great preseason. So I'm like, damn, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one practice, I had a real good practice against Andre Johnson. This is when I was playing cornerback then. Mm-hmm. And they threw a post to him. And I remember mean, it was like it was yesterday. So I'm running with Andre Johnson. I jump over him and catch the ball like on top, like with my head and my with my helmet in my hand, like I, I like picked it off like right in front of Dre. I was wow. like, damn, like I can really do this, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they're still like, oh, he's still seven round pick. I'm thinking like, man, I can I can play this game, like I'm I'm straight, like I can, I can do this. Right. And then getting to the preseason, I, I got I get a pick six. And I get another pick six, so like I'm like, man, I'm I like, might end up like easy. starting out here, you know what I mean? I'm thinking like, this is easy. I get in the real regular season, and I, I I go back to like I'm like the fifth corner, so I'm not playing that much at first. And then you know NFL guy dropped, like flies. Mm-hmm. so I get I get pushed into the into the fire. Huh. I'm like, damn, going get Jeremy <laughs> going Jeremy Jeremy Macklin against the Eagles. Man, he toasted me one one play. I'm right there on him, but he just he just I guess it's just experience, you know. Uh-huh. I'm a working like it's experience, so. He beat me for a touchdown. Then I got beat again for a touchdown. I'm like, damn, they might cut me now. <laughs> like, it's I go ain't from a my, preseason. Yeah, I yeah. go from my high to a low real quick. <laughs> I'm like, damn, man, I can't, I can't play like this no more, man. So uh, that just kind of made me, you know, prepare better because I wasn't really preparing because I'm like, I'm not gonna play. I'm in, I'm in fifth mm-hmm. corner. I ain't gonna play. And I'm like, bro, you know, you never know when you go on that field and that's your opportunity to shine. Absolutely. And thank God it didn't cut me after the game because after that it just made me better. So after that, I just every week I prepare like I also started.
0: So that's a key point because, you know, guys get into that mindset of like, yeah, I'm just on a few special teams. Uh-huh. I gonna I'm going to sit back and watch the game like yeah, everybody yeah, else. <laughs> but that can, that can affect, you know, you get caught in that game. Now you ain't prepared and you go out there and you, you know, and I, and I think for some people that has been the detriment of their career. Oh, yeah. So, you know, them not being ready. Then when they get called in, they get cut. It's, yeah, over. it's over. So, so that, that part of it is very important. So, Talk about then uh, the transition, right? So you playing mm-hmm. corner. Yeah. When did that transition happen to they? You changed position and then mm-hmm. you became the full time starter. Yeah. and Things like that. What, what, yeah. What, tell me that process getting to that point mm-hmm. and then um, kind of you know what was that what was that like?
1: Yeah. So like I said that game made me you know Adre hey, you got to your on your stuff mm-hmm. or you be out of here. So that's when I, I learned the whole playbook. I learned the corner spot, the safety spot, the linebacker spot. I even learned a D line. Wow. I I learned everybody's spot. So when you know they cut a couple guys to safety and a couple guys wouldn't, know. we had no safety. They're like Jerry, can you play safety? I said, yeah, I can do it. They put me in that practice one day. I was balling. I'm like, damn, I can't do this. So I kept on doing it. They still didn't really believe it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's practice, like it's practice, whatever. So we got in the game. So a couple safeties were going. They, they they uh had guy Raheem Moore. And then the Quentin had came in, too, because, like, we were long safety. I was, I was, like, the third safety then, and I had just came from corner. Like, mm-hmm. I was playing good in practice, but I haven't shown in the game yet. So, you know, Raheem wasn't playing that well. I was like, you know what? Let's try Dre. What Dre. I think we were like, one and five at that time, mm-hmm. one and something like that at that time. We were playing Jacksonville. They was like, okay, Dre, you going to get the start. I said, oh, really? So, got the first start. Against uh, Jacksonville. I go out there get two picks and a, and a pick six. They're like, wow, oh, oh, who, who where 29 come from? Everybody <laughs> looking around like, what, what he, where he came from? But, you know, I'm looking like, I, I've been doing this. Like, I was doing it. Like, y'all just didn't know. Y'all didn't believe in me. Uh-huh. I believe in myself, but y'all y'all ain't think I can do it. So, that game balled out. Actually, like, we was like, that game turned our season around. Mm-hmm. Like, because we was like, really down. Like, we was like, they wanted four for something like that. And we were doing good. That turned
0: our whole season around. Beat the Jaguars. And I think we, we ended up making a playoff that year, I think. What's up, Hype family? Thanks again for listening to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. But if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenerships. So you don't even have to have a big audience. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app. I'll go to Anchor FM to get started. Something like that, I think we're, we're close to making to something like that.
1: And I think we did make the playoff that year, but like that game turned turned everything around for me and for the team. And after that, I just took off with it, man. I'm like you know what, this is my spot now. Let me let me just keep on doing my thing at this at this safety position because it all started from that Eagles game. For me saying, you know what, I need to learn this. Right, like you said, man, like. Guys can stay in the league as long as they want to stay in the league if they do the right thing. Right, and I had to I had to find my niche, and my niche was like knowing everything. Mm-hmm. That was my niche. Like I'm gonna learn every position. So when the coach say, "Hey, who can do this? Oh, I I can do yeah. it. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. you know, I was I was able to play corner, safety, nickel. Like I can play every spot in the in the back end. And like you you valuable, you can do that absolutely. And that's why I I, cre- I created more value for myself, and that's why I sticked around.
0: And, and there's no. Uh, in the league, necessarily just one position or no more. No. Outside of a quarterback, maybe. Yeah. But the 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 more you know, the more valuable yeah. you are. The more versatile you can be. The more you just know it, it just adds to mm-hmm. to the the different things that you can do. So you take on that responsibility. Then, because like I'm talking about when I first came to when I got in the league and um I, I would watch practice or games. I'm like man, this little this little guy is so he got. I mean, he you can tell that you were the leader. Hmm. Out there were not really saying a whole lot. Yeah. You know, you, what was this? Cause you talk about running onto the field. Like when you Oh yeah, not sprint. You yeah. sprint on the field. What 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 is that about and, and, and why did you do that? Why yeah. did you do that? That
1: was me saying, like, hey, I'm ready. I'm Let's ready. go. Let's go. Cause I'm gonna sprint on this field. You gonna jog. I'm gonna sprint. I'm already I'm already ahead of you now. I'm already ahead of you. Like I'm already warm. I'm ready to go. Why you out here trying to feel like I'm excited to get on this field? Like I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get in your you stuff
0: You do that every every every, yeah, every, every series that you get yeah. a chance to get out there. So you 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 make that transition. You become one of the leaders. You um, again, a constant pro, a guy that, you know, you could come in. I think it just it just displayed in so much of your stuff. And I just can't help but talk about like your locker right I can mm-hmm. you know you just know when guys are a pro just in kind of how they carry themselves mm-hmm. you were always well, you, you spoke to everybody you appreciate everything that people did for you your locker was clean and it's just like that just, just shows so much about the person you were mm-hmm. so after doing all those things it was a seven round draft pick so they probably didn't have that m- much of high expectations mm-hmm. for you yeah. so you exceed those and then they bless you with oh, yeah. a contract extension what was mm-hmm. that moment like uh, when they when when they decided to give you that second contract
1: Man, that was uh, you know, it, it it made me feel like okay, Dre, they they see you, mm-hmm. like you've been wanting them to see you all this time, but you only time they they see you when you start seeing yourself. Mm-hmm. Like I said, that that Eagles game, I seen myself. I said, hey, get on your stuff, boy, because you're not gonna be here. Mm-hmm. So I start seeing myself, and so when you start seeing yourself, they gonna people gonna see you. Like the, the, you know, the lot of people that like, oh, I'm loud, like they gonna see me because I'm talking. Nah, nah they see you when you when you working. Mm-hmm. I, put, I put my head down with the work. They say, oh, this dude. Like you said, you, like you, you just see it. You mm. can just see, hey, this dude, he 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 on something right now. Let us let, bless this man.
0: Right.
1: You know what I mean? Well, really, it's it, it's a blessing, but the same time, work for it too. Like you, like, you, 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 you know what well I mean? I right. I, it's, I I deserve that because I went out here and I performed what y'all thought I was. You know what I mean? Like I remember one day in the uh, meeting one time, coach, I would go around and ask people like when they got drafted, like when, if you ever got drafted, I'm like yeah, he was like Dre, when you got drafted, seven round, like oh, it ain't nothing, That's like basically, basically like, undrafted. Like undrafted. People say that, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, damn, okay, wow. but. But it's how you think of it. That's how it mm-hmm. thought of me. Mm-hmm. Until I say, you know what? Uh, uh-uh, let me flip that around. Let me show you who I who I really am. Just because I'm 7 round pick, just because I'm with the band, but just because y'all think who I am, like let me show y'all who I really am. Mm-hmm. I ain't about to, I ain't about to talk about it. I'm gonna show, show you. y'all. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. That's why you know, you know what? Let's get let's let's give him an extension because he out here balling. Like he playing better than some of our first round picks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, he doing what he doing. So let's he deserve it.
0: I think when you get to that level too, it's just um, I think it's. Once you get in that locker room, it, it, it don't matter where you come from no more, yeah. right? It really comes down to the person you are, the decisions mm-hmm. that you make, yep. and how, you know, you control your own destiny. I mean, there's a lot of other factors oh, that go yeah. into it, systems you go to, coaches, opportunities. But at the end of the day, it's really, you know, the decision that you decide to make and what you what you what uh, what type of commitment you make to it. So. You go from that contract extension. I think you get you got the Ed Block Award. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the uh, team MVP in terms of just you know the commitment and the constant professional and things like that. So uh, your actions really spoke. You're not that vocal of a person, yeah. but your action spoke for yourself. So you go from this hive getting a new contract. You are working your butt off, getting ready for this season, mm-hmm. and then let's talk about what. What what obstacles kind of that obstacle that was uh, placed Brett right before you as we was getting ready to go into that new season?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, one morning I wake up I'm like, man, my vision blurry. Like, what's going on? So I go to practice. Go out. I'm like, you know, I I, I got great hands. I can catch the ball. So I'm, I'm trying to like do. I'm doing drills. I go up to try to catch the ball. I drop the ball. I'm like, what's going on? Like my rhythm is really like jacked up. So I'm like thinking like, okay, it's whatever, it'll go away. So the next day, same thing happening. I'm like, you know what, let me go see the eye doctor. I went to the eye doctor. They're like, oh, well, you know, I think they get, you got a um, stigma, stigmatism, whatever, in your in your left eye. So they gave me contacts. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, put the con- learn how to put contacts in. It took me forever. It took, I had to get up a whole hour earlier just to put the contacts in. And uh, I'll put the contacts in. That didn't, that didn't help. That didn't work. So I'm like, man, there's something. something ain't right. Something ain't right. Let me go check. Let me get this checked out. And I'm going to the doctor. Um... Got an MRI scan. They seen stuff going on in my brain, uh, inflammation. So I'm like, what's that? So they call me back to the. I drove home. They call me back to the stadium. I'm like, hey, Dre, you need to come here like ASAP. Like, something Something ain't right. Mm-hmm. So I walk into the training room. They looking. Everybody looking at me like, oh Sam, I'm like, bro, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm straight. Mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, man, you need to go to the hospital. So they, they take me back to the hospital. They out there waiting for me with a wheelchair. I'm like, hold on, the, the hell? Like, I just, I just left here on my feet. Like, why? Why all got this wheelchair out here? Mm-hmm. It's it's so weird. Like we'll, we'll talk about it more about, but like the the medical field, the the like the physicians, the doctors. Like it's like they want you to feel sick. They want you to like mm. be sick. They want you to feel like some kind of way, so they can kind of scare you and, and uh, make you afraid that you they make make you think like something really really wrong. Like something's wrong. Something not, something ain't right right now. But like it's not something which y'all probably think it is. Like mm. I'm I'm fine. Like I'm I just finished playing football. I just finished off the, off the field. Like I'm not like that sick. You know what I mean? Like I'm straight. But they had a wheelchair waiting. for them. I'm like, "What's that for?" I'm like, "Yeah, you need to sit down." And then, you know, we're gonna wheel you up to the room. I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna walk. That's the first thing. That's the first thing I said. When when you become aware of stuff, you should, you start seeing stuff. I wasn't mm-hmm. really aware back then, mm-hmm. but not as as I kind of grew and seen stuff and start reading and reading more. Like, I used to spend eight hours a day, really sitting up reading books and watching like podcasts, watching videos, mm-hmm. and that changed my whole mindset about. Stuff that goes on. Mm-hmm. So back to the story. So um, back in the hospital, they're like, "Yeah, um, we going to need run some tests on you. You got stuff going on in your brain, so we gotta make sure you know what's going on." So um, we do a spinal tap. They don't see nothing. They're like, "Okay, well, you, your, spine, your spine, your spinal fluid, cool. Take blood. Like your blood, cool." Um, so I'm like, man, we don't know what's going on. We don't. We don't. We don't know what's going on. I'm like, it's inflammation in my brain. Like, what you think it is? I play football. First thing, I'm like, no, it's not football. It's not football. It can't be football. I'm like, what is it? Mm-hmm. And I sat there in the hospital for two days, saying, okay, that's it's this. the power of the mind. It's like the power of, of spoken word. The power. Of, I, I read a book called The Four Agreements, mm-hmm. and one of the agreements is um be impeccable with your word. That means don't say anything bad about yourself. Absolutely. So when I when I was in the hospital, I, I told myself over hundred thousand times, like, I can see, I can see, I can see. My vision came back in two days. W- crazy. My vision came back in two days. So I'm like, oh, my vision back. Like I'm good. Like what's up? Let me. Can I leave? Like I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like I've been in hospital for two days. Like I want to go. Like I can see. Like they did like eye tests and a balance test. I'm like, bro, I'm fine. Like I'm showing y'all I'm good. Like nah, nah. you need to run some more tests. So we do uh another scan, another a scan or whatever. So uh, I go into the scan room. And they give me like this like little drink so you can see stuff or mm-hmm. whatever. Got kind of contrast. So I go in to do MRI. They find like two lymph nodes that's like. Supposedly swollen and like supposedly hot. So I'm like, okay, what that mean? I'm like, oh, we need to take you to uh, MD Anderson now. Cause I was all the Methodist first. Okay. Like we need to take you to MD Anderson, cause this this look like cancer. I'm like, how hold on, like how how I go from blurry vision and headaches to cancer. So I'm like, hold on, time up. They're like, yeah, we need but this 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 me now. But back then I'm like, okay, let me find out what's going on. Cause I'm not I don't know, I'm naive. All right. I think these people are doctors, they got white coats on. So I'm like, you know what, they they know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. That's what I thought they knew what they were talking about. So I get the MD answer. They, they run some more tests, way more tests than I did at, at, at Methodist. So we did a, uh, another spinal tap, they didn't find anything. We do another um, blood test, they don't find anything. Bone marrow test, they, they stuck a, you know the bone marrow, yeah. they stick something in your hip, like digging your hip to get the bone marrow out. Yeah. Did that test, perfect, nothing came out, I was fine. So what else was another test they did? Um, Yeah, the bone marrow test, blood test, spinal tap. Did all those tests. Did another MRI. I sat in the MRI machine for two hours for a spinal a spinal um, MRI. So he looked at my, my MRI in my spine. Spine was fine. Nothing was going on with that. Sat up for two hours. So I'm like, okay, can I go home now? Like, nah, not yet. So they actually just keep me just sitting in the hospital the whole time. I'm like, I'm walking around the hospital. I'm walking around MDNs like 15 times a day, walking up, up and down the stairs. I'm like, man, I'm trying to get back on this field. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to keep my – keep. I, I was in great shape. I'm like, man, let me stay in shape. So I'm, I'm walking around doing stuff. And then um, they're like, "Yeah, we need to do a, we need to do a biopsy on your uh, lip node." I'm like, "Okay." So they go they go inside my uh, my armpit and say, "Okay, we we found um, cancer in your lip node." So I'm like, "So it's not in my blood, it's not in my bone marrow, but it's in my lip node." I'm like, "Yeah, it's in your lip node." Now that I know after all the research I have done that cancer's in everybody's body. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's like just small detection of it. Everybody got cancer in their body, but your body is strong enough to break it down with your immune system. It breaks down every day. That's why your immune system works. Because if stuff comes in, your immune system like fights it right, right quickly and knocks it out. So back then I didn't know that. So it could have been just my lymph node just flared up from like a cold or something like just some just some virus I had or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, you got cancer. So I'm like, what? And as soon as they told me I had cancer, they said, okay, look. We got three options. We can do surgery on you. We can, like, go in the lymph node and, like, take it out or something like that. But, like, like, that's not really going to help you. Or we can do chemotherapy or, and radiation. I was like, whoa, what? Like, this went fast. Like, Right. I'm, I, was just on, I was just on a football field a week ago, and now y'all telling me I need to do chemo? Chemotherapy? Which is going to knock my block off? Like I have seen people go like David Quisenberry, you yeah. saw like mm-hmm. he lost like thirty something, forty something pounds. I'm like, bro, I can't lose that I can't lose weight like that. I can't I can't do that to myself. I can't do this to my body. And I'm like, well, you know, you need to do it because, you know, you don't you don't know if it's gonna it's gonna grow more or if it's gonna, you know, make you sicker. I'm like, no, I'm not doing I'm not doing that. So I'm going back and forth with the doctor, I'm like, I'm not doing it. my mom in that now. My mom like she's spiritual, so she mm-hmm. knows what's up. She's like, No, we're not doing that. I'm saying, I'm not doing no chemo, I'm not doing chemotherapy because if I do chemotherapy, i don't look like I got cancer. Right. Wow. And I'm really going to have cancer. Mm-hmm. You know what I
0: mean? Wow.
1: I'm really going to get that. And I don't, like I I don't really, I don't have all the proof yet. I'm still I'm still doing my research. I'm still, like, talking to people. But uh, I believe I was misdiagnosed. Mm. I believe I had stuff going on in my brain, inflammation going on in my brain, which which healed over time because I was doing the most eating good. I bought a hyperbaric chamber. Like, I was doing the most to kind of heal my body. And I, I hit my body, like, is just totally different. Mm-hmm. Like, I did the most to kind of heal myself. Because I thought I had cancer. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, man, I don't want to be sick. So I'm doing the most to kind of get back on First of all, I'm trying to get back on the field. Right. Because that's what I thought was my, my passion. Mm-hmm. I loved it so much. So mm-hmm. I'm doing the most to get back on this field. But, like, I'm glad I had that drive because it helped me get better. And it made me grow. It made me sit down and say, hey, Dre, you need, you need to think about what's really going on and, and attack this the right way.
0: There's two points I want to talk about. One, I want to talk about, um, obviously, you talk about uh, the mind, right? Yeah. And, you mentioned how they try to get you to see yourself as sick. Yeah. You know, and then you start doing these treatments, and then you start to be visibly sick. Now you start to accept that sickness. Yeah. And now that changes the game. Yeah. Right. So you had the wherewithal to kind of know, like, man, I can't allow them. Yeah. To 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 dictate to me what what I am. So yep. That that's that's huge. But then I want to talk about also. I seen. Uh, let's talk about you know in a team meeting when you announced it to the team. Mm-hmm. I can remember this verbatim. You stood up to the team and, and you said they this is what they said I have I'm diagnosed with this but I'll be back. Yeah. You said that like you know so so you didn't have the woe is me, pity is uh-uh. me or you know I don't know what's going to happen breakdown. You said I'll be back. Yeah. So I mean, it's so many levels to to that again from yeah. the mindset to being able to say those things to have it actually manifest. Yeah. You know, so you took that time, okay. So what? Again, that process about what was the kind of the, the time frame, okay? You decided mm-hmm. that you was not going to do the treatment. What did what did you end up doing in terms of what did they agree for you to do? And then mm-hmm. did uh, once they did the reevaluation and yeah. you know coming back the results and things like that.
1: So um, so I said, okay, I'm not I'm not doing the chemo, and they said, okay, we got the drug called a toxin. I'm like, I really don't want to do anything, but like I felt like. There was like so much pressure on me, like to do something. Like mm-hmm. they 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 wanted to put something in me. Mm-hmm. They, they they had to do something to get some kind of medicals in me. Like I'm like, can I just don't do anything? Like nah, you gotta do something. And back then, I was like, you know what? Let me just do it so they can leave me the hell alone, so I can get back on the field as quick as I can. i will like, say it's like okay, we give you a month, a month of treatment or whatever. Like this, like I, I don't have to get a port. It's like an IV. It's just like some like you go to go to the hospital to get like an IV. It, was, <laughs> it looked like water basically. Yeah, it was like some drip water drip going in me or whatever. So I did that for a month. And I kept doing all my other stuff. I kept doing, I'm eating right, you know, I'm working out, I've been working out, but eating right, you know, just meditating, doing stuff that really, that's going to heal my body the right Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. So a month later, I go back and get a checkup, like, oh, the cancer's gone. Like, I'm like, in a month? I'm like, yeah, it's gone. I say, okay, bet, cool, I'm done with that. So I'm like, okay, well, can I play now? Like, nah, you can't play yet. Like, I'm, I'm cancer-free, y'all say, right? Like, y'all said I'm cancer-free now. they like, yeah, you you cancer-free, but you know, we still see stuff going on in your brain. So, like, okay, so we back to square one. Like, this was this was the problem from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's handle that. Like, let's talk about that problem. Like, okay, so what's going on in my brain? They kept on saying, I don't, we don't know. I said, y'all are doctors. How are y'all doctors, but y'all don't know what's going on in my brain? I said, come on, man. But back then, I just was... Naive. I just did. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I I didn't know who I was. You know. What I, mean? I just. I just. I was like, man. I'm trying to get back on this field. So whatever y'all say, whatever. But that's when I started thinking. I say, like, hold on, man. Come on, Dre, bro. Come on, man. Look. Look what's going on. Look around. Look around you right now. Look where you're at. Look where you're at. Mm-hmm. You don't on this field right now. Who on the field? They got the other guys on the field right now. Like they don't need you yet. They don't need you right now. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 got you Where they what they what they need you. They got you where they want you. At. Like stay over there. So I'm just sitting there like, you know what? All right, bet. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this time. Like you said, I ain't I ain't never pitted myself. I ain't never like, man, God damn. I was, I was mad about it, but I ain't never let it get to me to the point where I'm like, you know what, man? Forget everything. I'm, I'm right. just going to do what y'all tell me to do. Mm-hmm. So I got to the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take this time that, that, that they actually sitting me down. I'm going to take this time and develop myself. I'm going to take this time and say, you know what? I'm going to read everything I can read, everything I can learn. I'm going to learn it right now because I got all the time in the world to do it. Cause I'm not, I'm, I'm not playing. So I'm not, I'm not really trying in a in game plan. So all that time they talking about game plan, I'm in there reading or something. You know what I mean? I'm in there like really, and I'm working my body to the point where like, I'm doing, I'm taking care of my body to the point where it's like, I'm changing my, I'm changing everything. Mm-hmm. I'm changing my mindset. I'm changing my body. Like I lost like 10 pounds of like fat. I was lean as hell. Like I was in the best shape of my life. And I, like I said, I took that time to just develop myself and really develop my mind. Mm-hmm. Cause that's all I've been doing my whole life. I've been developing my body. I said, hold on. Let me switch. This up. Let me develop my mind. Mm-hmm. I start developing my mind. I start seeing stuff. Yeah, stuff started clicking for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And certain things, I'm like you know, I, I let I let certain things go because I had to. Like I can't, I can't. I ain't about to fuss and fight with y'all. Mm-hmm. Like you're the doctor. Like I'm look crazy saying like, oh, I ain't got this. Like I ain't doing this. Like no, I'm going to you do your thing. I'm just not gonna listen to you. Right. I'm not gonna let you dictate Like I said, I'm not gonna let you dictate. Tell me what I got. Mm-hmm. Like no, like you don't know my body. Like I'm feeling good. Like I'm not about to say, oh, I feel bad. Cause you know what's gonna happen. I'm gonna start feeling bad. Absolutely. Like you say, it's like it's like a it's a cycle, man. Mm-hmm. Like my boy Landon, he had he had hostile He really had it. You know what I mean? Like he really went through it. And I, I saw him go through it. And I saw him go through the treatments. He came out on the other side. He beat it, but at the same time, he still got some side effects from it. Right. He still got side effects from the medicine. But he had the mindset though, said, you know what? I can beat this. So let me work on my mind. So it'll never come back. Right. Cause it's it, it gonna come back because your immune system is broken down. Like the, the this pharmaceutical company is like they they know what's up. Yeah, they know they know what they are doing to people. It's a game. It's a game. They're not trying to cure. Can- they cure cancer. You you seen the answer? If they if they cure cancer, come on man, they cure cancer. You know what I mean? People gonna be out of a job. Come on man, it's a, it's a scheme. It's a it, cycle, man. Yeah. And I, I I wasn't gonna let myself be a victim
0: of it. Right. And and. I think you said the key thing and I think that if we can start this process a lot earlier yeah. for guys right, in terms of developing their mind yes, sir. understanding like it, it'll benefit they still can be football players yeah, but yeah. it will change everything in terms of even their success mm-hmm. on off the field like the develop the understanding the power of your mind is so vital and I think that's something that I want to be sure to try to to, that's part of my message it's like understanding a bit that you have a bigger purpose mm-hmm. and understanding that is you know that there's a development that needs to happen because you you can't have a certain mindset and reach a certain level you're always going to be stagnant you're always going to be somewhere. you may have success on the field but there's other things that's, that's going to show up for that lack of development so you 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 finally uh get get the word that you can come back in place so mm-hmm. now you um you've beat that now you transition in that energy back to the field. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the success you had coming back. I mean, yeah. in just in just that short period of time that you that that uh you were back with the team. Let's talk about the success that you had in that time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came back, um, came back, got on the field. Like I said, I had developed myself so much in that time I was off, I got on the field. It was just it came back naturally. It, it was natural. It was natural for me. And cause I I, I started I, I believed in myself and I believed in my ability to go on the field and, and play. hmm so um, I was rotating and getting a couple of plays every now and then, and uh, I go out there and catch picks. Like that's what I do. That's what I do. Like I go out there and I go out there and find the ball. And my first practice back, I think I, I had like two picks in the practice. Like I was out there running around just having a good time. And um, they was like, "Damn, he di- didn't he have cancer? Like, what? How the hell he come back so quick? Like, but people really don't think though. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, okay, whatever, because that's what, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't really sit there and think about hold on." It was only a couple months ago. Like now, he back on the field. Like he, he back on the field. he playing. Yeah, he's playing. Ain't he playing good. Playing good. You know, I mean? he ain't just like I want to feel like he ain't just like some some puppet that got out there with pads on. Like no, nah, he really like actually playing. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, play play good. Um, and it's it's amazing. I like I said, it's amazing how the mind works, man. I, I that that that's this way. It could have went totally left.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. I could have been. I could. I probably couldn't have been here right now. Really, mm-hmm. if I would do whatever they told me to do, mm-hmm. I would probably been here right now. Just to be honest.
0: And it, again, you you're so right with that, and I think I I commend you for all of that. But then on top of that, so you come back, you beat that, you beat mm-hmm. that, you come back, you having success on the field. But then you dealt the blow with mm-hmm. your father, yeah, right. So t- tell tell me tell me how what was that like, and then yeah. in terms of also how did you were able to process that?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy. I was reading a book called uh, "Untethered Soul," and it said it's. You gotta really be deep to kind of understand this. What what he was saying. He said, "Imagine if your father died, would you be doing what what you doing?" And I'll say, "Whoa!" This is before my dad died, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, "Dang!" I, sat there and thought, I said, "Damn thoughts." If my dad died, would I be playing football? Like, would I really be doing this stuff? And then, bam! Couple like a month later, he passed. I'm like, "Wow!" And when he passed, when I said the love of football passed right with him, my first game back, I was like excited to be back on the field, but at the same time, I had. The love was gone, mm. and I said he was. What he said was true as hell. Yeah. Like, if your dad passed, would you be doing this? Mm. And like, I, I ain't a, I'm not a quitter. So I finished the season. I knew I was gonna retire. I knew I was gonna retire. Step on the field to, after my dad died. I knew I was gonna retire after my first game. I knew it. I knew. It. I just ain't say nothing about it because mm-hmm. people, I, cause yeah. I, 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 had that feeling, but I just couldn't like really articulate it at, at that time. I had the feeling like, man, I can't, I can't do this no much that much longer. So I finished the season and I, I took the offseason, Like, you know what? Let me let me really think about it. Let me see if it was just my emotions. And the time start coming back around when, when you know we start getting back. And I was like, I'm work, I'm working out, but I ain't really working out like football workout. I'm like working out to like stay in shape for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when I realized, so, Dre, you're not you not in this no more. Like, don't don't go, don't go back out there, man. You gonna you gonna hurt yourself. You gonna hurt the team.
0: So, and and we got to talk about because because not only did you. The passion, or what you thought was your purpose, kind of yeah. had passed, and you start to realize that it's, it's something else. But not only that, you walked away from money, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it, you had two two years, three years two, remaining. I had
1: two years left on the contract. On, on the yeah. contract, on your
0: second contract, when yeah. most guys first really start to make the money, money yeah. because the first contract, if you're yeah, not a you, first round pick, exactly. you know, you're not making no no really. money. So you, yeah. so so, I mean, just talk because because that in itself speaks about. You know, your character and sense Because mm-hmm. you could have just Hung yeah. around and just got the Yeah, 20. exactly
1: I could have stayed around And just kept getting the checks But, uh, like I said That that time when I developed myself But w- once you go somewhere You can't go back You can't You can't go back w- Once you start seeing stuff You can't go back mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't play myself Because mm-hmm. that that's the part Like, you playing yourself People don't understand, like, the, just because you, you think you're getting on with somebody, you still playing yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's who you gotta look in the mirror every day. Mm-hmm. I could look at myself in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm going out here and, and collecting these checks. And oh, I'm still happy, I'm going out here and play with, these, with my dogs, but like, no, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't betray myself.
0: Yeah.
1: Cause people they do it all the time to themselves. And then they wonder why they not they're not successful. They wonder right. why they get sick. They wonder why they're not making money. They wonder why they just they they they, they got a, a pitiful life. Yeah. Cause you playing yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're not being true to yourself. So yeah, I just I was just being
0: true to myself, man. And I think that's when it comes down to, to happiness, right? Because people yeah. put happiness in, in things, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not you know you got to find that happiness within yourself, whether it be spirituality, you know, God. Like you got it got to be based on something else that not be, that's that's not that 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 won't end at some point. You know, so really understanding the level of happiness because, again, people think, you know, well, this guy should be ultimately happy. He got a good mm-hmm. contract. He's played a good long time in the league. But you understood that it was a deeper purpose. So to talk about now you decide to say, hey, I'm hanging him up. Mm-hmm. Now what's that next phase for you like and yeah. how did you decide on what it was that you was going to do?
1: Yeah, so like I said, I, like the more I, I read a lot of development books too, but I read a lot of books about money too and how to like, you know, invest money and how to like you call it build wealth. So I got into real estate. That's, like, the thing I just knew automatically. See, let me, let me, after I retire, let me buy a couple of properties, you know, and then, like, lease them out. And just keep doing that until, you know, I make enough money so I can just really sit, sit at home like the other people do. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, I, I have, I got, I, I got money, but, like, I don't, I, I use money as a tool. Mm-hmm. I don't care about, like, I'm not trying to really, like, ston everybody. Like, it's cool. Like, I'm I'm, I'm going to get nice stuff because I, I deserve this. I'm, I'm going to get nice stuff. But at the same time, I'm not going to try to out, overdo myself. Right. Like, I'd rather go buy this house instead of buy this uh, Ferrari, this Lamborghini. That's,
0: that's, that's, yeah. It's mental. Yeah. Mind change. And I think yeah. we're on, the, obviously, my transition happened. And that was the best thing that happened to me because it allowed me to sit back and to really do. Some self development, some yeah. soul searching, and then start to expose myself to a lot of different things. So I'm mm-hmm. onto the same things. I'm looking at real. I mean, when you talk about wealth and real long term stuff, yeah. not the, the temporary stuff that we are seeing that's placed before us, mm-hmm. but that's the investing in in real estate and 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 ownership. Like yeah. that's a, that's that's when you change the game, and yeah. you don't you, you don't have to you know, put your body in jeopardy. But there's so many of these guys who 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 sit behind the scenes and make all the money. They ain't putting their body on the mm-hmm. line. But we have to understand <laughs> that even if our athletic ability has afforded us this opportunity to make this money, how can we be sure that I, the generations that come after us won't have to start from the same place that mm-hmm. we started from? So it's not, uh, and you said that money, money is a tool. And I think, I, I remember, I think my pastor or somebody saying that, uh, and and it's really true. Money is a terrible master, but it's a great servant, mm-hmm. right? So if you allow money to work for you, and you assign money to do things, yeah. then then you are you are in control. But when it's your master, and that's all that you're consumed with, yep. then it, it's going to be all bad for you. So um, so now, right? You mm-hmm. talk about th- making this transition, and you're talking about yeah. real estate. Just uh, just as we kind of wrap up, I one I want to commend you for that, and. uh, Doing that. What has that process been like for you, and what do you mm-hmm. think kind of just like long-term moving forward, mm-hmm. What what's kind of some of your the, the goals aspirations yeah. you kind of have moving forward?
1: So uh, right now, I realized that I didn't know much about business, but I said, you know what, Dre, you need to go to school. You need to go back to school. I told myself I'd never go back to school. It was a, I'd never say never. Mm-hmm. So I say, because I started my own real estate firm and I got an LLC. You know, I, I did it the right way. So I say, if I'm doing the right way, I'm doing the right way. Mm-hmm. Let me go learn about this stuff. So I enrolled in a business school. They accepted me. I got in. So now I'm in business school, learning. You know, how to manage my accounting, finance, um, supply chain management, like class like That's gonna like kind of shape my mind to where I need to be at. Because mm-hmm. I, like I said, I've been playing football all my life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm no, I'm not a dummy, but I know I'm not. I'm not up on what I need to be up on. You know what I mean? But I know I can get there. But just l- like learning Go read a book You know Everything is in a book mm-hmm. You go it find it You know what I mean So that's what I'm doing now But my my goals are just To keep on developing man Like I, I keep I, I want to continue Buying property But my goal is to keep On developing myself And keep on developing Relationships with people That's in the, in, in the industry So like It's not going to be hard Well it's going to be No it's not going to be hard It's going to be just work Like it's going to be Work I got to do mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm going I'm to use That network To kind of build What I want to build up Right just by development, though, mm-hmm. like like I said, I got I got a plan, but my plan is to just keep on developing, keep developing, to keep developing, man, and and see where that goes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And then I get to where I want to be. Then I start like setting like little small goals, yearly goals that I want to get to. But right now, I'm just in the development process, That's man, because I, I spent majority of my life playing football, and now I'm like, okay, let me transition to this real life, stuff and learn how to really de- be a be a, a businessman, right. Like, just because you got money don't mean you're a businessman. Absolutely. Just because you got this catch excess cash. Like, I'll read a book called uh, the, Sophistic- the Sophisticated Investor. It's about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh Robert Kiyosaki. Right. Mm-hmm. He said, to be uh, in- to be a um, sufficient investor, you got to have, it's three E's. It's education, experience, and excess cash. Mm-hmm. I had excess cash. I didn't have no experience and I, ha- I didn't have no education about it. Mm-hmm. So like that's why people go into it. That's why people lose all their money. Yep. They, oh, I'm I'm investing that, I'm investing that, I'm investing that. And think they're about to get a return. It's like, no, you don't, you don't know nothing about this. Mm-hmm. You got jacked. Mm-hmm. They, they just jack you. Mm-hmm. And people will do that to you. People will jack you. Mm-hmm. Cause they, they see you ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you ignorant? Let me jack you right quick. You gotta you gotta prepare yourself, man. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm preparing myself for this next phase of my life. Cause this is a long life I got to live. I'm 27. You know what I mean? Like, I can't just keep on saying I'll play football. Like, people don't care about that no more, man. Man, people, man, people don't care about Andre how football player no more. Like, no, it's, that's whatever. And at the same time, it's cool because I never, I never needed that. I never needed that, 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 that praise from y'all because I knew who I was. Mm-hmm. I, well, I had to find out who I was. I'm not gonna lie. I, need, I needed that first. I needed you. You know, you a kid. You know, I was a kid. Yeah, I was a kid. You, you had to. You do kid stuff when you a kid. Mm-hmm. i was still doing kid stuff. i still needed that validation from all these different women. Mm-hmm. i will still needed validation from these coaches. Like, I said, hold on, Dre, bro. You know who you are, right? And when I, when I, when that clicked, I said, "Man, forget all this, man." Game changer. Forget all this. I'm yeah.
0: good. Game changer. And, it's so much, man. And, and and I think that obviously your career in terms of sports, you have more life to live than the time that you even all the years that you've committed to football. Mm-hmm. You have more life to live in it. And I and I can you know I think the ultimate thing would be that people may not you you you've gone on to so much success that people don't even remember you as a football player. Exactly. That, that, you, that's 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 the that's the true goal. Mm-hmm. That's the true goal. Like, oh
1: you, oh, you play football too? I didn't even know that. Oh, you, you, you doing this now? You doing that? I didn't even know you played football. I right. thought you just did this all your life. Like, nah, man. I had a whole life before this. Whole life. Yeah. Man,
0: so, man, I, I again, I think you kind of touched on everything that we wanted to touch on. I think, man, I really appreciate you stepping onto this podcast and just uh, having a conversation with me and... um uh We we I wish you nothing but the best, and I know that you know greater is is set forth to come for you, man. So again, we thank you for joining the podcast. We look forward to uh, seeing you do great things, supporting you uh, in your journey moving forward. Yes, sir. Thanks again for your time, brother. Yes, sir. This episode is brought to you by Impress Tax Services, a proud Jumping Jack Tax Partner, one of the fastest growing tax companies in the country. They can maximize your refund, offer you audit protection. Provide virtual and mobile services. No more waiting in an office or chasing your tax professional down. Their goal is to get you a bigger refund without paying the excessive fees. They are on a mission to educate and provide their communities with financial literacy and to help build generational wealth. For more information and to book your free consultation, head over to www.inprestaxservic.com. ES.com. That's www.impresstaxservices.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of What's the Hype Podcast. Remember to like, subscribe, and comment. Follow us on all platforms at What's the Hype Podcast. I've been grinding all my life, all my life.
1: Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle, pay the price. Want a slice. Got to roll a dice.